0: Hello friends, and welcome back to the next episode of Crick Vidya's Cricket Analytics Podcast. This time, we have someone who's closely involved in analytics with an IPL franchise. Please welcome Sankar Rajgopal. Sankar has over 8 years of experience in the field of sports analytics. In the past, he has worked with the Indian cricket team, various T20 franchises, and was the head of broadcast analytics at star sports he currently works with kings 11 punjab in their analytics team as a research and development consultant and reports to the new head coach anil kumble in this podcast we will talk to him about his journey in the field of cricket analytics his days at star sports and get behind the camera details about what goes behind the cricket match broadcast that we see on television we will then talk about the world of T20 League and how analytics is playing a role there. And finally, we will ask him how an aspiring candidate can break into the field of cricket analytics. Hi, Sankar. Good evening and welcome to Quick With Dia's broadcast. Thank you, Sunil. Thank you for having me. So uh, why don't you start by telling our listeners more about yourself, how you got started and what prompted you to shift from one role to the next? Okay, if I'm going to start uh, with the, my, my
1: earlier life, uh, Sunit, uh, after school, uh, like most Indian kids, I wasn't very sure of what I wanted to do, so I did engineering, because mm. I was fairly okay at maths and physics and in, in science, basically. So after my engineering, uh, I worked for this IT company called TCS. Mm. I was there for about a couple of years. And I soon realized that this is not the work that I want to do or this is not the life that I want to leave for the rest of my life. So, so I quit that I thought I'll do an MBA or something. So, so this is when uh, I got a lucky break. So during when I was preparing for my MBA, uh, at some point, I met a common friend who worked for this company called sports mechanics. Uh, so he told me that he works in the field of sports analytics. So. I was not aware that this kind of a job actually existed. So he made me aware that, you know, this is what he does. He was in the sales department for sports mechanics. So I think he was telling me that day that he, you know, spoke to Carl Hooper today. He sold him a, you know, fielding software, which, uh, you know, they're going to pay for, etc. I'm like, wow. I mean, like, you're speaking to these people, selling them things. And uh, he was telling me. He was also the analyst for the Pune uh, Warriors at that time, so he was also telling me the other work that he does. I was like, "Super, that's awesome!" And I, you know, begged and pleaded him to, you know, somehow get me an interview with uh, Sports Mechanics. Uh, so I think, and this was 2011, and that was a time when uh, India had just toured Australia, okay. and I think we we got <laughs> India got thrashed four uh, nil mm. or five nil or whatever. So just as a backup with my interview, what I took and uh, and sports mechanic is working with the Indian team. So okay. as a backup, I had taken, you know, so, sort of five tactical points why I think, you know, India lost and what we could have done okay. for the interview. So I think that was the extra homework that I did, which, you know, may have helped me uh, get the job. So that was my life in sports mechanics. So I had gotten, so I had entered the sports analytics industry for the first time and it was superb right you're you know helping teams you're you're doing analysis on your own you're looking at it's like a lab you know on the back end where you're looking at everything from a numbers and video analysis point of view so i was there for about a cu- couple of years very young there so i mean in the field that is uh then then i sort of realized that you know this this is a field that has massive potential and uh, even in broadcast right you know when you look at commentators and what they, what they say about uh, cricket and the way they commentate. You know, in T20, for example, if a guy has a strike rate of 100, uh, they would say, you know, what a great strike rate. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, introduce players, uh, you know, who, somebody has an economy rate of, you know, 10 or something. They would say that, you know, he's not a good bowler, but that's probably because he bowls at the death, You know, things like that. So I, I sort of realized, you know, if I could make the, you know change the track to broadcast somehow. Uh, you know, there is a great opportunity there. So I took a chance. I sort of sent my CV to star sports then. Oh. And uh, and uh, luckily my, uh, the person who hired me at that time was very interested in this. So he was also setting up a team and he said, you know, this is something that he's extremely interested in. Uh, so that was my life in broadcast for about six years where, you know, I was the first person Doing analytics there, I know I built a team there o- o- over the you know over the years, and then uh, once I felt then I felt it's to come back on the ground where hmm. you know you could effect more uh, analytical decision making. Um, when Anil Kumble became the coach of uh, Kings 11, I think he he wanted a set of people that you know for each department uh, after he became the coach. So. Uh, we I
0: spoke to him and then you know this became my next sort of step. Oh great! So uh, let's uh, your journey is really interesting. So I'll first like to start with Star Sports days and then we probably move to uh, the IPL thing also. So you were the head of broadcast analytics. Uh, so if you could tell us uh, what was the state of analytics when you started working at Star Sports and how it has evolved from then to now. Right. So, like I said earlier, the, I think the gap was
1: that I don't think commentators actually got that T20 was a very different game uh, to you know what Test cricket was. Because these are guys who have been commentating for a long time uh, and it's, it's not their fault actually because they've played cricket and uh, they've sort of continued in that same vein without actually acknowledging that the game has changed. And this is a very different game. So, uh, and commentary was a lot more subjective if you, if you noticed, uh, back then they would just say things like, you know, he's an excellent player of the short ball or he's an excellent player of the spin where, you know, if you actually looked at data, that was not the case. Hmm. So, so the first task, I guess, was to eliminate subjectivity and introduce data based storytelling, uh, uh, in, 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 uh, in broadcast. So I would say it was, it was a big challenge because commentators are not, you know, sort of obviously willing or not all of them are willing to just change their method, right? Because, you know, they're paid for their opinion and that's, uh, you know, they've done it the same way for a long time. Uh, So to first tell them the importance of data driven storytelling and how it could enhance their sort of commentary itself was, was a task. Uh, so just to give you an example of you know one of the stories I used to tell them then was in the 2011 World Cup right when uh, India India won the final there is you know lot written about Mahendra so- Singh Dhoni going out to bat uh, at number four hmm. whereas Yuvraj is batted at number four for most of the for most of the World Cup right yeah so basically in an analytical point of view what happened was that uh, Dharan was bowling. Hmm. Gambhir was already there uh, at the crease. If Yuvraj had gone, and and Murli already has has an advantage bowling to Yuvraj because they have some history. And with two left handers at the crease, Murli may have got hold of India at that time and you know bowled three for good overs and you never know what would have happened. Yeah. So Do- in in the movie as well, Dhoni just walks out saying, Murli is bowling, I'll go out to go out to bat. Hmm. But because dhoni is used to you know facing murli and he's always had a good record against murli dharan hmm. he went out to bat uh, ahead of uh, yuvraj and you know the rest is history uh, yeah. so there there are matchups which which is a data story you should have to you know sort of uh, give the anecdotal story as well with the data which is basically what we do in broadcast uh, so you know crafting stories like that uh were were you know uh my, my job basically so you know over time slowly built a team i was the only one there initially uh i may have been the first broadcast analytics producer in india for sure maybe even the world <laughs> at that time in 2013 uh so i mean the good thing was that my bosses valued you know data-driven storytelling so you know uh, it's good that they had faith and slowly built a team over time where you know you had a specialized guy who did video analytics you you had a guy who was a the stats nut will tell you anything and everything under the sun with stats. Then there was a data scientist who will give you data visualization. Hmm. Uh, and we even had a young guy from IIT to do, you know, tech, you know, analytics and, you know, wearables and stuff like that. Okay. So that, that was interesting. So, uh, I think, uh, then again, the, the, one of the first things we tried to do was, uh, in the 2014 world cup, which is a big, pla- big platform and staff was doing the world feed we tried to uh, actually split up the overs you know power play middle overs and death overs Mm. for the first time so nobody had ever in broadcast done that before Mm. and you know what is the middle overs is it from 7 to 14 is it from 7 to 15 you know different coaches have different sort of middle overs death overs do you do from 7 to 10 and then you have another split so Mm. i mean we use a lot of data and we figured you know the the simpler we keep it, the better. And we decided to go with one to six, seven to fifteen, and sixteen to twenty. The last five overs is the death overs. Hmm. So that, I think, we were the first to actually do. And now it's sort of taken for granted that those are the you know hmm. splits in T Twenty cricket. Yeah. Uh, so and then we started throwing out stats like you know uh, strike rates in power play, economy rate in power play, uh, pace versus spin. Bola matchups, left against left arm spin, you know things like that, and we could do it phase-wise and things like that. So that was the sort of starting point of what we tried to do, and then uh, I guess my 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 best and the my proudest uh, work in Star Sports was to to do the content for Select Dugout, which was an analytical feed, you know, uh, which was dedicated to analytics for which we did for T20s. So from the journey of you know, convincing commentators that analytics is you know good and you know it helps your storytelling, etc., etc. To actually having a feed which is completely dedicated
0: to analytics, I thought you know was was a you know was complete. I thought at that point. True, I had seen the dugout quite a few times and uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that also in uh, at a later point. So. Uh, I would like to understand, like you said that you were working with commentators. So how has their attitude changed uh, in terms of valuing analytics? And uh, how do you see them reacting now when uh, uh, they, do they ask you for more data? How does it happen now as compared to earlier?
1: Yeah, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the first, I think the first year or so, it was quite hard because uh, we were trying to fundamentally change a habit hmm. uh, for commentators, and you know they're used to doing things a certain way. It wasn't; uh, they didn't understand that we were trying to provide value. It it almost seemed threatening to them, where you know guys with laptops are coming and telling them stories uh, yeah. of you know data and all that. But you know, over time, they realized that it could enhance their own storytelling ability. See, today, I mean, uh, I mean, if Virat Kohli scores a hundred and then he scores another hundred and scores another hundred, the commentators eventually will run out of things to say, superlatives to say. But with the use of analytics, you could, for example, say that, you know, anytime Virat hit the ball in the air, it was a six or Mm. today he played only three dot balls. You know, there were other ways of sort of telling the same story again and again without repeating themselves. Uh, So that's just a small example of how data could change their storytelling and they realized that you know for them they also want to look good right i mean to us uh, so they would come and ask us you know is there something you have for me today we would send them stats stat packs and stuff like that and there were some who, who were obviously more inclined than the others but you know it almost became a part of their uh part of what they wanted uh, before a match and uh, you know the stat pack stat packs and video uh, capsules that we would prepare everybody would come and see it
0: before they went into a match okay so uh, i'm curious to understand how do commentators really prepare for a match if you can okay. uh, give us some uh, insights into that and uh, if let's say a new commentator joins a team does he require any specific training or those kind of things since you were in broadcasting that would be really interesting to know
1: yeah of course so uh because uh, Star Sports, uh, the feed was very analytics heavy, and you know we we would keep pumping in stats. You know the the little ticker at the bottom, the score where the score scores are, they keep changing and they keep you know showing different different things. So it was very important for the commentators to know what the hell was you know going on there and to complement the graphics with uh, with what they were saying. The the. So, we, we would have classes for them. We would have, before every tournament, uh, the, somebody from the analytics team would go and tell them what this series stands for. See, in broadcast, the storytelling may be slightly different. You know, when, when it's Kane, Williamson versus Virat Kohli, it'll be fire versus ice and, you know, those kind of things. There were these superlatives. But the underlying theme, there were a lot of data stories as well. So, we would prep them on all that and, you know, tell them, show them, player strengths player weaknesses uh, what are we going to focus on this time what is the what is the you know main main uh, stories for you know a spinner versus a fast bowler versus uh, you know batsmen and bowlers uh, and and now that a lot of younger players who are you know sort of just given up playing cricket they are very aware of what is happening because of the ipl and because of the backroom staff that they have Analytics is very familiar to them. So it's easier to work with some of the newer guys because there is already an acceptance with, uh, with them.
0: Okay. So, uh, the stats that are shown, uh, while broadcasting, are these, uh, like majority of them prepared beforehand and you just show them at a particular point of time or, uh, are these analytics, analytics done or stats done on the go?
1: Okay. That's a good question. So what. Uh, what we re- initially we were sort of typing out everything as and when on, on the fly. So for example, if someone scores a 100, what that record stands for, etc, we would try and find something unique and start putting it in. But mm-hmm. then we soon realized that, you know, you can't type out a lot of things because obviously it leads to errors. And secondly, it's not a, you know efficient process. So soon we came to a point where we had an automated automated generated statistic bar for every situation so okay. if you wanted to know you know ms dhoni versus off spin mm. in the middle overs when off spinners is bowling around the wicket for example just an example mm. if there was enough data it would show up okay with, with a click of a small uh, sort of if it click of a number okay so they were all you know pre prepared but there were a lot of things which we couldn't obviously prepare every situation, but there are a lot of things which, uh, you know, presented itself. That's the game of cricket and it's funny mm. where we would have to look for it, uh, you know, at that point and then put it in. Uh,
0: so yeah, a lot so, of it was automated by the end. So can uh, would commentators also ask for a particular statistics to be shown on the while the broadcast is on? Yes. Yes. So uh, so they
1: would like it if they are talking about something and at the same time the the uh, stat also comes mm. so it looks it looks good in broadcast you know from the grammar of broadcast where this they are talking about something so the what the chain of events is uh, somebody a commentator a wants to talk about a player mm. and there is a particular stat the commentator will start talking about that player the camera will pick up that player then under him that stat pops up so mm. You know, everything becomes seamless, and then you know the camera cuts away. You can come back to that story, etc., etc.
0: Got it. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the dugout feature that uh, you talked about, which was focused on more in-depth analysis. So, would like to understand how was it different preparing for this feature for you as well as commentators, and uh, were there any practice sessions planned because uh, the analysis was quite different and could not have been done on the fly if i see it i feel that way so if you could give us more insights into that
1: yeah so i think that was a time when star sports was trying to do as many different languages as possible if you notice so they had their own you know tamil feed they had their own kannada feed bengali feed etc et so in this when they were trying to do these various different languages they also felt that the analytical feed was had a separate audience. So Hmm. they wanted to test that water, you know, to see if there was a niche audience for analytics, which was different from the normal, you know, the world feed audience, the English commentary audience. Hmm. Uh, So it had to be the challenge for us was that it had to be distinctly different. There was no point, you know, doing the same style of commentary because that style of commentary is already there. Hmm. How do do we make it uh, different? So. Uh, the the idea was you had legends who are you know T Twenty captains T Twenty coaches uh, you know the best of the best players come in and you know get into the minds of the players on the field. Hmm. So as a captain, what are you thinking at any point? So that was the style of commentary. So it was extremely analytical and predictive. Uh, what would you do at this point? What is the batsman thinking? What's the bowler thinking? And why is the field changing? Hmm. So they would try and connect all this. And, in, uh, and what we tried to do was, uh, it was with you know almost no advertising. So we had the breaks in between overs for them to do demos. Or they had to explain something. Okay. Uh, to say that, you know, uh, this is what is likely to happen now. If batsman has a weakness, this is the weakness and this is why the weakness is. Uh, so it is almost you know looking ahead and trying to be predictive at every point. Hmm. And the idea here was that you know people say that you know when a left hand uh, left left hand batsman batting, you'd bowl an off spinner to him. Hmm. But they we were trying to say why a left hand batsman would have a problem playing an off spinner. Okay. What is the reason for that? So the, the technical reason for it and why it's considered a, it's considered a good matchup. Got it. And because it was all very, very serious, because it sounds very, you know, yeah. uh, encyclopedic, yeah. we had to, you know, have fun while doing it. So it had to be this sort of bantery and analytical feed. Hmm. Uh, so we had to have two constants, which were there throughout. So that is why Scott Styrus and Dean Jones were the main guys. Hmm. And we had all these legends around them uh, who would come and go uh, as and when, you know. And uh, so this, Scotty and Dino had this sort of bantery in New Zealand and Australia, yeah, uh, you know, Kiwi, uh, Aussie banter happening on the side. And it was it was a very enjoyable feed to work on. So from our point of view, we had to prepare, you know, because we had all these breaks to us, we could literally explain anything. And that's what the analytics team had. A, and it was completely put together by the analytics team. So hmm. it was our our opportunity to express all those things that were, you know, pe- stuck up, stuck with us because normally to sell a story to, you know, the the producers for the main feed, you know, it had to be about, you know, you Kohli, know, Dhoni, it had to be, you know, superlative. Otherwise, there were not much takers because that's what sells, right? Here we could, you know, explain, you know, why each move is happening. T20 is a game of chess where something happens and the other team reacts to it. And because of the other team reacts to it, this team reacts to it. So, we could actually break it down, you know, why that's happening and uh, anyway, that, it, was, it was fun doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fun watching it also. So, you talked about uh, banter between uh, Scotty and uh, Dino. So, would be great if you could share with our listeners some funny or interesting stories about your time with the commentators and these cricketing legends.
1: Uh, Okay, I mean, again, there there are lots of stories because uh, I've had the privilege of working with almost everybody who's done a fair amount of broadcast. Hmm. Uh, The the first thing that sort of strikes me with commentators is that almost everybody is kind of similar to what they were in their playing days. Okay. (laughs) So if you were to, if I would ask you, Sunit, what do you think of a VVS Lakshman? Hmm. or what
0: do you think of a dravid uh, and what do you think of a virinder sevag so, what would you say i would say that lakshman and dravid would be more humble and methodical and those kind of things and sevag will be really uh, like brash and uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah but exactly so their
0: uh, their commentary
1: is also exactly the, like that yeah and and their characteristics also exactly like that so for example vvs lakshman he literally carries the team on his shoulders. So in Star Sports where, you know, you have a lot of other commitments as well. So before the match, you come for the show mm. and sometimes an actor comes, actress comes. Uh, there's <laughs> yeah. a movie, the movie <laughs> integration shoot that happens. Then there is, you shoot for some other show that happens later, etc, mm. etc. VVS is a guy who would be completely okay doing everything okay so th- there was a time when he had come 3 or 4 hours before the match started he did all that and for my commentary he was first on the roster okay and uh, someone told me that bbs lakshman hasn't even had lunch okay but then he came to me and said that listen i am first on the roster uh, you know uh, i haven't had lunch but you know it's okay i will do it so I said, Vive is not a problem. You go have lunch. He's like, no, 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 no. You put me first on the roster, I will do it. Okay. So he's that kind of a guy. He likes to, he wouldn't want anyone to change their plans for you, etc., etc. Hmm. He would make sure everything happens and he likes to carry the team on his shoulders. Whereas, if you, on the other hand, you go to someone like a Viru, for example, who's also a super nice, funny guy. I mean, anybody will have a ball with him, you know, if you hmm. just spend even 5-10 minutes with him. But he's a kind of guy who wouldn't care too much about, you know, give too much seriousness about a lot of things, right? Like once we told Viru, you do a pitch report mm. uh, f- for uh, for the show and he said dude, when I was player or a captain itself I never looked at the pitch. What do you want me to do pitch <laughs> report now for? <laughs> that, <laughs> so he's he's like that. And so the, those are the Indian guys and if you go to someone like a Nasir Hussain, mm. extremely cerebral uh, captain uh, yeah. during his playing days and I and I, I've i learned a lot of cricket by watching him captain and uh, listening to his commentary. Okay. He, he, he is superb. So there was once he had uh, come for the dugout again and there was once where we were showing him some clips about Virat Kohli getting out bowl to spinners. I think this hmm. was two years back or something. Okay. To spinners, And uh, obviously we were asking him. What do you what do what do you think is is it a weakness? Is he not picking some googly this that? Hmm. And Nasser on his phone on my phone I'm look he's looking at a small screen. and he's saying, where did India tour before this? Okay. I I don't know why. Uh, I think they toured South Africa. So was it a test series? He asked. Said yes, it was a test series. Then he asked me to pull up some clips from the test series and asked if he was tapping his bat or not. Okay. You know, you know how you tap the bat <laughs> yeah. before go, the bowler bowls. Huh. No? So he ha- he was suggesting that because of the bounce in South Africa or the pace in South Africa, etc., he wasn't tapping the bat as much. And mm. he noticed that in all those deliveries that he had got out to spin, he wasn't tapping the bat at all. Oh. So it was an adjustment that he made. Uh, perhaps, perhaps yeah. it was an adjustment that he made in South Africa, which uh, is translating here, and that's maybe why he's getting out. Again, oh. I don't know if it is true or not, but just the way he thought of, you know, that entire sequence was, mm. was, was brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, funny, funny stories. Again, uh, I mean, I think lots are coming through, but uh, I'll, I'll mention two or three. Hmm. So this is also initial days only once we were on the flight to Calcutta to, you know, uh, for a broadcast of a match. And Saurav Ganguly was also on the same flight and he was part of the crew at that okay. time. And, uh, yeah, so uh, we, we had to check into a hotel in the afternoon and, hmm. uh, this is early morning. The flight is early morning. Okay. So we, we had to spend some time outside in Calcutta, etc. So Saurav had, uh, Saurav had mentioned, why don't you guys go and hang out in flurries in, in, in the cafe there. You know, and I have nice breakfast and all, then go to your hotel. So your rooms will be ready by then. We said, cool, sure. But what, so me and another friend uh, was supposed to be dropped by him to Flouries. Okay. But we mm-hmm. never thought that getting out in Kolkata airport with Sauragangali was going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like... I don't know, uh, when walking out with Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal, or <laughs> yeah. some one of those things. So we didn't think it through. We just said, okay, he said he'll drop us, we'll go with him. Uh, and we are trying to get out in Kolkata airport. They're mad people, okay? And they all want to grab him, touch him. There are cops. So I was trying to get into the car and this there is this cop holding my collar thinking i'm some mad fan trying to get it <laughs> like no bro like whatever just uh, tell him kind of thing yeah
0: so anyway, th- <laughs> that is one so thing funny, that
1: yeah, yeah that, that is one thing <laughs> that comes uh, another funny incident uh, i okay this this is funny just for another reason altogether hmm. where because this was literally my last day in in star sports and I was taking care of the dugout. I was taking care of the dugout feed and Anil happened to be, Anil Kumble happened to be part of the roster. (laughs) So he was there and uh, I was just, I was not producing that day. I was just taking care of the entire thing. So I went, met him, had a word and I said, Anil, I think you are on commentary. Uh, Please go now because you'll be late. Uh, It's Hmm. lasted. Then he looks at me and says, you know, today you're my boss, tomorrow I'm your boss. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that happens to a lot of people. Uh, so but, yeah, because uh, again, uh, I think there are lots of funny incidents that happened, but I just thought I'll mention something that happened in the beginning, it happened at the end. Yeah. And you know, lots of fun in between all that.
0: So as an analytics guy, uh, would you be able to share any incidences where you actually analyzed or predicted something and uh, it came true? And uh, you were really wowed by that experience that, oh, I want, I thought about this and it happened.
1: Yeah, Sunit. So uh, lots of examples are, are coming to my head, but I vividly remember the, the initial days because, you know, you actually kept score of <laughs> these things. And, and as you were new to broadcast, it almost became like a, you know, bet that you took, right? That, you know, something is going to happen. And Mm -hmm. you prepared the whole night, you made all the graphics, you made all the stories, you told the commentators, and if something actually did happen, it was, it was, uh, it was cool. So I remember I had a partner in crime called Dhruv uh, with me, and he would generally do one match in one venue and I would be in the other venue. Okay. So, and uh, we would obviously just all the things that we did, we would check off whatever was right and whatever was wrong. And in the, in the night we'll come and compare our notes. And okay. <laughs> whoever is the other person has to buy the other person a drink. Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> nice. So, to, so again, uh, I think I remember the initial days a lot more because that was very exciting. And later, it became a more of a common occurrence. So I wouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, we wouldn't keep as much of a track as as we yeah. as we did then. So one was in the 2014 World Cup. Uh, we had put out put a stat under Virat Kohli when he was batting. Uh, that his most productive shot was his spin was the inside-out shot. Okay. So because it was slightly unusual, uh, everybody you know picked up on it. The commentators started talking about it. And as soon as they did, I think Harsha was on comms. Okay. Uh, Virat Kohli stepped out and played an inside-out shot. And we were uh, so I kept one score for me <laughs> there. <laughs> uh, another incident again, productive shot only. Uh, because it was very unusual, I remember it. Uh, Colin Munro was batting and uh, his second most productive shot was the switch hit.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: and uh, Sean Pollock was in commentary and he said, he's from Durban. I'm from Durban. Is he going to get the switch hit out right away? He he looked at the field. He called the field and said, there's no fielder there. He, I think he's going to go for it. And he played the switch hit. Huh. And and yeah, the entire studio started clapping. So, <laughs> so yeah, so these were funny and exciting initially, but... Because we do so much prep, uh, Sunit. I mean, sometimes I think we do more prep than the teams also uh, <laughs> in broadcast that, uh, you know, one or two are bound to come right for every match. Okay. So so we stopped keeping keeping a check uh, after after a point. But how uh, predictive analytics moved was, so those things would continue, but we moved to a more technical level where you're analyzing players' uh, technique and Finding out what the difference between a player A and a player B was, and and you try and do for like for like to like players. Uh, so, for example, there was this whole thing that any batsman's weakness would be you know top of off, hmm. and uh, if you bowl wide to a batsman, he would hit you. That's a bad ball. Hmm. We wanted to kind of bust the myth on that, where not no two similar batsmen could be the same. So, well, I remember this, doing this in the 2015 World Cup. Just to prove this point, uh, we had compared a David Warner. So, it's hmm. left and right here, but just bear with me. But, okay. uh, but no two top-out batsmen, David Warner, if you bowl at the time, so you cramp him, his strike rate was about 60 or 70 or something. But hmm. as soon as you gave him a little bit of width, uh, and if it is even slightly short, he would punish you. He would cut or pull you. Hmm. Because of his short arm. Uh, jab his 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 technique etc etc. Whereas you do the same thing to Virat Kohli, where if you bowl on top of off for him, he would you know just move across and flick you, or he would drive you. Hmm. So anything close to his body, he was extremely good at, and his strike rate was about uh, two hundred or three hundred when the ball was at his body. Uh, I mean at his near his pads. Whereas short outside off, he would have a weakness. The same thing that would be a weakness for for David Warner. Okay. So those things were actually easier to get right because, you know, a player doesn't change his technique, hmm. uh, especially in the first 20, 30 balls, they play more or less similar. But once they're set, you know, everybody hits
0: everybody. Ah, oh, got it. And from an analytics point of view, uh, would you say that uh, there were one or two commentators who really got you in terms of what, you, what data or what analysis uh, that you uh, uh, took to them? let's say before the show. So they mm. were like somebody had more analytics uh, mindset than others. So there'll be probably one or two favorites of yours.
1: Okay. So uh this this may be surprising, but when Brian Lara joined the commentary team okay. uh, and he's extremely sharp, he's extremely cerebral. Mm. But if you forget to send, send his stats back, he will throw off it okay <laughs> and he liked to read into every number not because he believed the numbers blindly but he wanted to think about why these numbers are what they are okay and then he would make sense of it and, and use that in his commentary and he's okay. not the most talkative person in commentary etc but he was a man of few words but when he spoke he spoke you know sense okay uh, so uh he, that was one of the, one of the surprising things when I thought, you know, Brian Lara will come with the swagger and, you know, he'll be, <laughs> uh, he'll just wow everybody, you know, but he was extremely analytically inclined. Another person who I have to give credit for, for, uh, you know, making the dugout field, what it is, is Scott Styrus. Okay. This is because uh, he is extremely sharp. Okay. He, uh, he, uh, if you show him a video, you show him, show him some stat. He will look, have one look at it and say how the story needs to flow so that uh, we can get it done. He will even come up with, you know, you put the graphic first and then the video not the other way around. And he knew the production side of things so well that it was very easy to work with him in terms of getting your analytics done. Um, there are lots of others as well, but I think these two are guys who
0: uh, come to my mind right now. If I ask you in terms of let's say data collection, uh, when we are doing broadcasting, uh, how has that changed uh, from let's say, when you started to now? So
1: uh, we, uh, as taskports we never collected our own data, we uh, had partnerships with data companies that did the job, okay. uh, did the collection. So while at Star, I was closely connected to this company called Kadamba from Chennai. And they were uh, the data partners throughout my time there. Okay. Uh, so how things have evolved was uh, Sunir, that uh, initially, I think for every ball bowled, let's say a ball is bowled, You would name the bowler. You would, you know, tag where the ball was pitched. You would tag the batsman, the batsman shot and what the shot was and the outcome of it. There were about, about 20 KPIs for each ball that was tagged hmm. by the time I left. Hmm. I think currently there are more than 60 to 70 KPIs tagged for each ball. Okay. So that would include, you know, things like who the umpire is, who the leg umpire, who the square leg umpire is, the batsman, has he picked a googly? You know, has he moved across and hit it? Was he under pressure? There were a lot of these subjective coding metrics also that has come in. Because yeah. I believe the more and more data you collect for each thing, you will, that's the only way you will stand apart from someone else. Because hmm. if everyone's doing the same thing, there's no point. Uh, you would need to collect more and more because you don't know the value of it and how you'll use it later uh, from a data modeling point of view as well. So yes, from 20 to 70. So that's the journey uh, it's it's taken.
0: So uh, what would you say uh, like a viewer should expect in the coming days in terms of analytics? Uh, How how much has it evolved and what new can probably come in the future?
1: Uh, It's again a hard question because... Crickets already, you know, there's already so much happening right now. I think uh, even though broadcasters uh, are doing a fair bit, I think the, the revolution will come in terms of technology, which Hmm. is uh, you, you must have noticed spider cams, spider Hmm. cam is a cam that flies through uh, just above the players on the ground. Then Hmm. there are drone cameras as well. So once these cameras start picking up data and you could sort of then those cameras could show data. Uh, on the field, track data, etc., uh, and you know, give analytics in terms of the the you know performance-based stuff, which is you know the speed of a fielder running behind a ball, mm. how many kilometers has he covered? You know, those kind of things which uh, you would see in football. Yeah. Uh, so I would expect some amount of uh, improvement there. Maybe VR is a big opportunity for for people where when a bowler bowls to a batsman. With the VR headsets and with ball tracking, you at home could, you know, wear your VR headset and, you know, mm. play that same ball. Okay. <laughs> Maybe at a slightly slower speed. Uh, yeah. uh, that's another thing. And then uh, I think bat, so Anil Kumple himself uh, has this company which does bat sensors. It's called Spectacom where uh, if the batsman hits the ball, uh, you would know, you know, the... People always said your commentators always said that's timed very well. You can actually put a number to it. What mm-hmm. is the quality of the shot? What is the quality of the timing? Mm-hmm. Uh, did the bat twist in his hand? Was there, you know, did he hit the middle, etc., etc.? So sensors, VR, you know, cameras, and maybe viewer interactivity also to a certain point is is
0: is what I think is going to happen in the near future. So these bats have people started using sensors now uh, with the bats. Yeah, so it's it's
1: actually a small chip that goes behind the bat, okay. uh, and and I think the technology is being iterated over the last couple of years, and I think it's ready now. So uh, you could you could have players use it in the IPL, and you could even I would even see academies use it because huh? if you know you had that chip, and when you have nets around you, and hmm. you're hitting a shot, and the and some meter or some app is telling you you hit 80 meters. Mm. Th- that's helpful because you don't have the space to, you know, give that information. Otherwise, I mean, you don't have you don't have the ball going out of the ground. But yeah. just hitting it in the nets, you could, you know, get that information. That might be helpful.
0: True. So, uh, in terms of analytics, I would say that T- T20 franchises have actually uh, started using it a lot. Uh, one especially once the IPL was introduced. So I think uh, that has also helped in terms of evolution of analytics. So uh, if we talk about uh, uh, the current role of analytics in IPL, uh, would you be able to tell us how it has probably uh, started being used much better or much more in the last three, four, five years?
1: Yeah, I would think so. So uh, from the time I, I can remember, uh, IPL teams have always embraced analytics. There was always an analyst with the with the team, etc., etc. But uh, see, the teams initially because IPL was a novel concept. Uh, once it was introduced. Uh, so there was a coach, analyst, etc. But the teams did not actually make that much money because it just started. Yeah. But once Star picked up the rights a few years back, and the amount of money that is pumped in, obviously everybody, every every team realized that you know this is huge. IPL is you know probably going to be the biggest cricket property uh, in the future. So because of that money coming in. Obviously, accountability also changed and people have realized the, uh, the value of analytics and what analytics basically helps, for example, with scouting is that you would, you would, you know, pick players based on data and the risk of you going wrong is a lot lesser hmm. than, you know, you, uh, you know, sort of blindly picking someone based on, uh, you know, general observational biases or just because, you know, a BBL has just happened. And you see somebody hitting, uh, you know, in a hundred or something in one match, and then you would want to pick him because he looked good on that day. Data cuts through all that, and data tells you that any player can have a good day or a bad day. But over time, what he is capable of is what matters, and uh, is definitely helped not just the scouting with uh, with uh, match analysis and match tactics as well. Uh, so so. The the problems always been that IPL has been a two two month window, so that's why teams are reluctant to have a full full time analytics team, mm. I guess. But once I feel the I, I, IPL expands and you have more teams, and uh, you have a longer duration tournament, and with the money coming in, I hopefully every team will have a full time analytics department as as it should be because it's it provides a a, a lot of value for
0: the teams. So uh, another question I had is that uh, now uh, there's a lot of machine learning and AI uh, being used in almost all sectors and almost all parts of life. So is there any predictive uh, modeling or predict uh, those kind of things happening in a T20 or a cricket in general also uh, at the team level? So broadcasting, we have seen that you show that this team now has, let's say, 52 or 60% chance of winning. So mm. that is just one. Apart from that, uh, does it have a potential to go into team strategies? And let's say, at a particular point of time in the game, can that happen in the future or is it happening already?
1: Yeah. So this is where I think the human element comes in. See, uh, I supremely value modeling and models that tell you a certain thing where, you know, uh, if you want your chances of winning to improve during the match, in the next three overs, you need to score 30 runs or whatever without mm-hmm. losing a wicket. There are models that tell you that. But, uh, you know, each match has its own idiosyncrasies where a bowler might be having a great spell, the pitch might be turning more than usual, or, you know, there could be due. You know, these, mm-hmm. these things are... are and you can never predict it. You can, there is always going to be something that is, is, is different on that day. Hmm. This is where you need to respect what is happening there. At the same time, use the analytics where, you know, over three, four matches, even that uh, model that you spe- spoke about the chance of winning model, which sort of shows a curve of the match fluctuations, uh, in a hmm. way, uh, there are different companies that call it different things. There's something called match impact. I think Rick also does.
0: Hmm.
1: Where oh, oh, a pattern of three four matches, you you would realize that there are certain things that you may be missing otherwise by just plain numbers. Hmm. So that day has very specific things, and you know they are professional cricketers. So there are some things that uh, they will only understand that I won't, and hmm. you know there are, unless you are on the ground, you won't know it. So you have to respect that as well.
0: So uh, do individual players also uh, look at analytics for their batting, for their bowling? And do they come to the analytics guy and ask for specific data?
1: Yeah, sure. So the workflow is different for certain teams. Sometimes the the workflow is that the analysts uh, it to the coaches and they may come to the coaches for whatever help that they need there are times when the relationship is such that the, they come directly to the analyst for what they need. And, uh, that also would be, you know, slightly different for slight different players where some players may want things about themselves, mm-hmm. how, ca- how they can improve on what they are doing. And if there's something that we pick up that we can tell them some, uh, some players may have, may want things on the other players. Where does he hit, which is, which are his strong, strong areas, etc. etc. And, uh, uh, you know, how can I stop him? And mm. what other bowlers have done to stop him? So, uh, it's different for different players. But there is uh, there is a healthy amount of communication where anybody can get the information that they want today.
0: And in whatever way uh, they want. So, I've read a couple of things about where uh, English players have actually used analytics to change their techniques. Uh, I read something about Bearstow. Uh, standing, uh, changing his stance and backlift and those kind of things. So mm-hmm. actually, uh, analytics is being used in that much depth that now peop- uh, batsmen are changing their techniques also based on uh, video analytics or sensors and whatever. So, have you also come across any such story? I think uh
1: this is this has always happened by the way, so even before the data boom happened hmm. using using video footage to change technique was there even earlier. Okay. So the first company that I worked with uh, where uh, I was working under this guy called Ramki who, who was who is heading sports uh, mechanics. Hmm. he I think noticed something with the technique of Sevag and in that uh, test match against Pakistan. He, uh, you know, stood outside the crease and, uh, you know, scored a 300.
0: Yeah.
1: And so there is a story that, you know, uh, Seva goes on record and says that Ramki noted something that, uh, you know, he told him. And that's the reason he stood outside the crease and he scored the 300. So that that has always happened. Uh, But I, I agree that with sensors and things like that, the depth that they can go to today would be
0: completely different. Okay. So lastly, uh, I would like to, uh, because you have actually worked in three different types of places, you started with sports mechanics, then you went to broadcasting and now you're at uh, T20. I'd like to, uh, I I have two questions. One, which one uh, did you like the best or which one do you think is the most sophisticated in terms of analytics? And second, uh, let's say, if somebody is aspiring to get into cricket analytics, what advice would you have for him? Sure. Uh,
1: so, I mean, I have to be I have to respect each part of my journey. So, uh, I'm grateful to everybody who has hired me. That's the reason <laughs> I am in this uh, pri- privileged situation. But uh, I would say, you know, there's nothing like working with an IPL team to be part of the auction, part of the strategy. Uh, you know, looking at the team, looking at the gaps, filling them, uh, you know, checking the right price. Mm. The, that, the, the excitement is 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 something else. So I, I would obviously put that uh, put that first. Uh, being in broadcast was, you know, that was an other tremendous journey as well because, you know, you as a as a fan, you go there and you see people like you know Kapil Dev, Sunil Gavaskar. All these people just walking around mm-hmm. <laughs> in the yeah. Star Sports office, and that whole uh, transition from you know going as a fan to becoming a producer, where you're telling them what to do and what they need to say, mm-hmm. uh, that was also amazing. And into and, and you work with a lot of amazing people there in, from a technical point of view. They're very very bright people that I've learned a lot from in Star Sports. So I would say uh, yeah, IPL team and then definitely broadcast uh, as the, as the two best, uh, I mean, the, the last six years, basically, uh, in terms of advice, I had recently written an article because I had some time, <laughs> written mm-hmm. an article about how to get into sports analytics for someone aspiring. it. Uh, maybe you can also, uh, you know, put a link on the sure, description, I'll, you can send. Me that. Uh, so what, what I was saying was that you, the problem with cricket is that there's not much data available. You know, as an open source, where ball by ball data, data available, there are two three sources, uh, but it's not as accessible as what it is for football. Let's say, hmm. because of that, uh, you need crazy drive to actually you know scrape data and do analysis. Yeah. So you know, I remember in my first uh, few months at Star Sports, where we had no data partners, and everything was out of uh, Stats Guru and Crick info and all that. Uh, I had actually gone and copy pasted every, every you know, commentary page uh, mm. onto Excel, cleaned it up, pivot table, this, that, and, you know, got some stories saying that, you know, I think uh, Xavier Dorothy versus Dhoni, I think Dhoni hadn't hit him for a four or a six in 100 balls or 50 balls or something. Yeah. So you, you may have to go through that pain uh, to actually do some analysis. So... My my advice would be that if if I believe everybody's really good at something which is completely unique to you, you should make that work public. And that's the way to, you know, get into this field because mm. that's the only way someone's gonna notice you and mm. you know take you in. The sad truth about IPL is is that the attrition is very low. In the <laughs> sense the the guy the analyst who's been working with Chennai Super Kings has been working with Chennai Super Kings since season one. Okay. Even the Kings 11 analyst, the uh, technical analyst, he's been with them for 10 years. Mm. It's the same story for Mumbai. It's the same story for most franchises. So how do you actually get into an IPL team for two months of the year when you know the, the, the doors are very tightly locked? It's a challenge. So you may have to look at other places first mm. or impress the IPL teams enough with public sort of analysis that, you know, someone looks at you and says, Okay, this guy's good. And you know, he's been putting up his work on you know Facebook or Twitter or wherever. And mm. there are some extremely bright people on Twitter, which you know I would love to hire if I given a chance. Mm. Uh, that you know you're forced to do that because there is no actual way to get in, right? I mean, there yeah. is no exam that you can write and then you can <laughs> qualify. Uh, so that's the trouble. But having said that, uh I'll just I had In that article, a lot of people got back in touch with me Hmm. and, you know, they showed me some of their work. And the problem, Suneet, was that everybody, so I would rather look at some work, which I look at it and say, oh, this is interesting. This is great work. Hmm. But the work that I'm getting, I mean, 90% of it, let's say 20 people had got back in touch with me Hmm. and about 15 of them were sort of... uh, Articles about why Kohli is the best finisher, I hmm. Dhoni is the best finisher, Kohli is the greatest batsman. I mean, that's not analysis, hmm. uh, that that's he- really That's hero worship. <laughs> so I mean, the way you can stand out is to do something that uh, somebody look at it and say, or a coach will look at it and say, Oh, this is interesting.
0: So basically look at strategy level analytics rather than just going at stats and trying to come to an uh, conclusion.
1: No, I think you can use stats as well, but use it wisely. Uh, so Dan, for example, um, in his book, wrote a piece on uh, how, you know, uh, obviously bowlers win you games or tournaments, etc. Is a, is a common theme, theme. But I think he had done some work on how your two worst bowlers uh, are the best determinant of whether you qualify or not. Mm. So that's, that's very interesting right uh, so some, something to that extent where you can sit back and think where you know look at your team and you know understand strategy then and there and not just for ipl in general uh, i mean you could work for data companies you could work for uh, work in the media also uh, but the, the the problem is and that's the the sad truth is that there's not public there's no public data available and hmm.
0: how do you get it so so would you general. say uh, Starting with a data company and then moving into uh, a more sophisticated place like Broadcaster or T20 could be a natural progression.
1: Yeah, I think if you're very young and ready to take that risk and ready to not get paid too much and, you know, go the journey, I think a data company would be logically the, the best step because you at, at least know the, um, the quality of data and what kind of data is being uh, recorded. And obviously you will have access to videos as well. Hmm. So starting work there, and they would also know the kind of work that, uh, you know, teams, national teams ask for even T20 franchise ask for, et etc. et cetera. So you'll get an idea of what are the kind of questions that they get and what is the best way to answer those questions. Okay. Uh, so, and therefore, yeah, I think that seems like a logical thing for me, but I really, I don't have the answer.
0: Uh, maybe the youngsters who just, uh, Coming out of colleges, they have that option uh, yeah. now also that they can start when they're starting their career. Maybe if they're interested in cricket analytics, they can go to such companies. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, And uh, another thing is, uh, what would you say is the uh, state of analytics in the lower leagues like KPL or uh, those kind of leagues? So uh, because those also have private ownerships. So is there uh, a lot of scope there as of now? or they have also started using and they also have player uh, analy- analyst and those kind of things
1: they also have analysts and they also have uh, you know it's the same guys who you know work with ipl franchise most of them actually work with kpl franchise and tnpl franchise as okay. well <laughs> okay. uh, so i mean i wouldn't say it's it's anything uh, anything more than what we currently see but uh, they they all have analysts and and the the value of those tournaments is that if tomorrow you have to scout for some gem some player mm. that uh, nobody else knows mm. it's 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 a, it's a good and there are players who've come out from KPL and TNPL who made it to IPL so uh, you could be one of the people who spot some talent so that uh, that's exciting okay
0: and. Uh, we have not really seen uh, these IPL teams going into ownerships of uh, these local leagues. Because that could also potentially lead to players uh, being recognized and then getting a step up into IPL. So uh, what is your view? Because like KKR has a team in uh, Caribbean Premier League, Kings Eleven has also recently uh, got one. So why are they not trying to look at uh, these local leagues?
1: uh i don't know sunit so my my guess is that today uh, ipl doesn't incentivize teams to do that i think because if today i go and find a t- find a talent hmm. it's not like you know leagues in america where i can sign the player i do all the hard work i find someone but if the word gets out he again goes to the same auction and everybody's fighting for him yeah but if let's say hypothetically uh BCCR, ipl had you know one slot that you could you know keep you sign your own player i think that could lead to a tremendous opportunity not just in terms of signing a player but a year round sort of activity for the franchise where you're finding the best talent There's incentive for the franchise also to you know set up a, an academy find find talent from your sort of catchment areas etc and sign the player currently that's not the case so i, I imagine that's maybe one of the yeah, reasons why
0: that could be a reason true I, th- I think that's a good observation so yeah. so uh, i think uh, i'll wrap it up by asking you one question okay uh, if you had to choose one batsman and one bowler from any era which you think would have been really great in ipl who would that be
1: okay so i'm guessing these are players who've not played ipl
0: yeah yeah so who have not uh, who did not play ipl Okay, so you can go as back as you want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So, let me think.
1: Uh, I would, I would say, as a batsman, I would say, uh, this guy called Ricardo Powell, remember him? Yeah, yeah. West West Indian.
0: Indian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was scared when he came to bat. Like he, <laughs> he would just. The thing I look at is how comfortable he is playing all different types of bowlers Mm. so he would smash spinners he would smash fast bowlers he had no regard for reputation yeah so I think someone like him would have been perfect Uh, I also really liked Saeed Anwar Mm. uh, the extremely destructive opener and he had obviously had uh, a soft corner for India and (laughs) and our bowlers so uh, yeah I think and i don't want to go go back to vivian richards and couple dave and all because i i honestly haven't watched a lot of them live mm. so just i'm just looking at players i'm guessing you also want players who you know i've, I've seen right yeah and uh, most of us has, have seen I have seen yeah uh for bowler i would say uh, either uh, Vasi Makram or nathan Bracken. Okay. So, I have a soft corner for left-arm fast bowlers because they, they provide a lot of value in T20 cricket. Hmm. Again, Wasim Akram and Nathan Bracken are two two guys who can bowl all lengths, who can bowl in any phase, and who can, uh, you know, one had raw pace, yorkers, bouncers, etc. Nathan Bracken had every, I mean, when he at his peak, he had swing, he could bowl cutters, you know, all sorts of variations. And the, he was a genuine, genuine wicket taker. Hmm. So two different types of left-arm uh, pacers. And uh, uh, I would say one of these two. I'll add an all-rounder as well for hmm. free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: I would, uh, I'll, I'll probably say Lance Klusner. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> so he had his own era. Yeah, yeah. He, he was unmatchable.
1: I mean, I mean, some of these guys just play... I feel just played in the wrong... Area. Like someone like a Ricardo Powell would have been superb right now. Huh. Or, or or even uh, even a Nathan Bracken. I think he was... He played in a... He, he's actually a... He's a brilliant T20 pole, if you think of it. Imagine he
0: played now. I mm-hmm. mean, he had... He, with the swing cutters, etc. So, Powell, you could probably find a parallel in Russell, maybe. Right.
1: Yeah. Powell, you could find Russell. Just that Russell gives you the bonus of bowling,
0: bowling well. also <laughs> yeah so it was great talking to you Sankar uh, and thank you for all the knowledge and insights that you gave us and I hope our viewers would really love the podcast and the insights that you gave thank you for coming on the podcast
1: thanks a lot Sunit thanks and uh, best of luck with, uh, with, with what you're doing and uh, thanks for inviting me sure
0: thank you bye 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 So this was Sankar Raj Gopal from Kings 11 Punjab. Hope you liked the discussion. We have some more interesting podcasts lined up for you. So do subscribe to the channel. You can also visit us at www.crickvidya.com and read our cricket analytics blog. Our Twitter handle is at the rate Do follow us there for some interesting insights about the world of cricket. Thank you and have a nice day.